This morning, I have the task of continuing a series we started about a month ago um, in the Old Testament book of Proverbs, a series that we're calling Word to the Wise. And uh, in this series, really, our desire is to learn to live our lives with a little more wisdom. Ah, that's the quest. That's the goal. That's the dream. That's the prayer that we would live our lives with a little more wisdom, live our lives a little more wisely. And um, by the way, as way of refresher, um, when we talk about wisdom, uh, wisdom is simply the art of making life's best decisions in the moment. It's the art of making life's best decisions in the moment. And it doesn't matter whether you're a follower of Jesus or you're not, whether you're a kid or you have gray hairs. This is something that you should long to do, to live with wisdom and to grow in the art of making life's best decisions in the moment. Because if nothing else, making life's best decisions in the moment is what leads us to the places where we become the best versions of ourselves and we impact the world most beautifully. Making life's best decisions in the moment leads us to the places of fullness and fewness of regrets. And it doesn't matter who you are, you want to live the kind of life that says I am the best version of myself and I'm bringing my greatest impact to the world around me. And if that's going to be the case and you want to learn the art of wisdom, the art of making life's best choices in the moment. And so that's the question we want to continue to ask as we you know, jump into the Proverbs is are we living life wisely? Uh, are we wise? Are we wise? And again, that's the question on the table. Are you wise? The question is not, are you knowledgeable? No, wisdom is not knowledge. Wisdom is not knowing more. Wisdom is the art of making life's best decisions in the midst of what I know. The question is not do you have a lot of experience because wisdom is not about the accumulation of experiences. How many experiences you've had and, and you know what those experiences have been. No, wisdom is the art of making life's best decisions in the midst of those experiences. Wisdom is not the question about your intelligence. Wisdom is not a matter of IQ. It's not how high you score in your GPA. No, wisdom is the art of making life's best decisions beyond your smarts and your intelligence. Because here's the reality. You know this is true. That's why some of the smartest people that you know are in some of the dumbest relationships. Because wisdom is not a matter of IQ. That's why some of the most brilliant financial investors have made a moral mess of their lives over and over and over again. Um, that's why the truth of the matter is, I, I, boy, I had some of the most brilliant professors um, in school. And um, yet... At the end of the day, I loved gleaning the knowledge that they had. Brilliant, brilliant minds. But I had no interest in my life looking like their lives looked. Because even though they were brilliant, 
It did not reflect in the kind of decisions that they made in the moment. And it did not lead them to places where their life was full and free of regret. And so I did not necessarily want to be like them. Right? It's why you know people with gray hairs and they've had so many experiences in life and yet they continue to ruin their body with the choices that they make over and over and over again. The question is, are you wise? Are you growing in the art of making life's best choices in the moment? And this morning, uh, we're going to spend some minutes Asking, what does wisdom look like? What does making life's best choices look like when it comes to decisions about the direction of my life? What does it look like when it comes to decisions about the direction that your life ultimately takes? When I'm at a fork in the road and I could go this way with my life or I could go that way with my life, what does wisdom look like in making the decision that will lead me towards being the best version of myself and having the greatest impact on the world? When I'm at a crossroads and I'm in a place where I have a number of different decisions and frankly none of them seem particularly superior to the others and which is going to lead me to the path of fullness of life and the fewest of regrets, I'm not particularly sure which direction I should go in. What does wisdom look like when my life reaches an impasse? It's not that I have an abundance of decisions or I'm at a crossroads or there's a fork in the road. It's just, I feel like everything is just darkness. I have no idea what decisions to make. What does wisdom look like in those moments when decisions about my direction in life need to be made? How do I know which decision will move me in the right direction for my life? Why? Because I want to end up in the places where I become the best version of myself and have the most beautiful impact on the world around me. And so how do I know which is going to move me in that general direction? I can still remember as a 17-year-old, and I've shared this um, a number of times um, from here, but as a 17-year-old, I'd graduated from high school, and on account of my family's limited resources, I was at an impasse. I had no idea what was next. There were no options in front of me. I was stuck, and I had no clue what to do. What does wisdom look like? Then, I I can still remember as my wife and I were exploring our relationship, we came to a point where uh, we took some months apart from communicating because we were wrestling with this question. How do we know that this relationship is the direction that our lives ought to take? How do we know that this relationship is what is going to make us the best versions of ourselves and bring us to having the greatest impact on our world? Um. Or crossroads, like, should we adopt? Should we adopt one? Should we adopt two? Should we adopt three, right? Decisions being made about direction in life. Should we plant a church in an overchurched community? Is that wise? What direction should we take? We want to explore that question. Um, A question that may be, you know, guessing here that some of you have asked or wrestled with uh, 
The reality is maybe some of you are asking and wrestling with that very question even here this morning. You're at a a fork in the road or you're at a crossroads or maybe you're stuck. You're at some kind of an impasse. Um, Lots of options or maybe no options at all. And you're trying to figure out what direction to go in. Do we wait? Um, do we, do we just press forward? Do we, uh, do we bring it up? Do we just let it go? Do we, you know, do we lean in? Do we launch this movement? Do we launch this business and this economy? We're not quite sure what to do. Do we foster or do we not foster? Do I swipe this way or do I swipe that way? And I don't know, do I let my teenager go to that event or do I not? Or do I let my elementary school kid get Snapchat? I don't know what to to do. And we may be in difficult situations. Do we continue this medical experiment? Do we keep the treatments going? Do we take that risky surgery? What do we do. How do I know which decisions will move me in the best direction for my life? How do I know that I'm making life's best choices concerning the direction my life goes? Now, it would be super nice, I think you agree, if we had kind of our GPS coordinates Right? To get us from here to the best version of me and the most I- incredible impact on the world. That would be nice if we had GPS coordinates. It would be really nice if we had a script that laid out God's plan. And we knew that, man, the next step I ought to take is this. And then the next step is that one. And then it's ultimately going to lead me there if we only had that script. And don't get super spiritual with me and tell me, well, that's the Bible. It's a scripture. It's the word of God. No, it's not. I'm trying to decide whether or not to refinance my house. Show me the verse. Right? We're trying to decide whether or not to to, to take a, a medical risk in this direction or that direction. Show me a verse. No, it's not quite that. Not quite that simple. But it would be nice if God gave us a script. To know whether or not we should start the business. Show me the verse. Man, it would be nice if we had the almanac from, you know, 2045, right? You know, and and we could just figure out all the things that's going to happen and we know exactly what to do and, and in which directions to invest. And yet the reality is we have no clue. And so we are left to figure it out. We're left to, to take shots in the dark. We're left to take educated guesses. We're left to make the best decisions that we could possibly make based on the accumulation of information and based on the trajectories that we've mapped out. We are left to Figure it out. And if you're anything like me, being left to figure it out equals sleepless nights and anxiety and freaking out. Like, ah, did we make the right decision? Have we ruined our children for life? Should we have refinanced before gas got to this level? Right. And we're just wrestling through all of these different things. Um, How do we know that we are making The best decisions when it comes to direction. Well, Solomon suggests you don't have to freak out. Matter of fact, you don't have to take shots in the dark. You don't have to gamble. You don't have to stay up at night. Wisdom 
actually affords a way for us to know that we are making decisions that are moving us in the directions towards the fullest of life and the fewest of regrets. That's what Solomon says. Um, he tells us what that looks like in the most well-known proverb in the entire book. I'm not telling you you're going to like what he says, but I'm saying he, te- he tells us what wisdom looks like when it comes to direction. If you have a copy of the Bible, um, meet me in Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3, we're going to look at two of the most well-known, oft-quoted verses in the Proverbs as Solomon helps us navigate direction through the lens of wisdom. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6. Here's what it says. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. And he will make your paths straight. Ooh, that's good. I'm going to read this again, but I want to read it in the New Living Translation, which just gives it a little more and a different flair. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Wow. Solomon gives us principles that assure us that there's a way to know that we are heading in the right direction, that wisdom is moving us towards fullness of life and the fewness of regrets. Um, And he says a couple of things. The first thing he says is if you are going to make wise decisions when it comes to direction for your life, number one, you're going to have to choose to trust God. Trust God. Uh, We went to church and they told us we need to trust God. It was weird, you know. Um, Trust God. Wisdom for direction starts with trusting God. God. Um, And if you think about it, by the way, this is kind of like, duh. This makes sense. This makes all the sense in the world. Trust God. I mean, who else? God is the only one who is like the heaven's air traffic control. He sits above all of it. He sits above time and space and history. And he sees the past, the present, and the future simultaneously. He can see every possible path and every possible outcome all at once. 
I think Solomon would say, if you can find somebody else who has that degree of intel and who sits from that vantage point and that perspective, trust that person. But as it turns out, there's only one who sits above the heavens and sits above the earth and sees everything you're freaking out about. He knows all conceivable outcomes. Who else would you trust for the direction of your life than God, right? It makes sense. Trust God. This makes sense. Um, and by the way, uh, I, I, I love what this section of scripture communicates to us. Right? Not only is God the only one who sits in a position where he knows every path and every potential outcome. But trust God. Because, and this may be news to some of us, no matter how deeply you might want to know the best direction for your life, guess what? You do not want to know it as much as God wants you to. You have... A great reason in your mind to stay up at night and just you're, you're panicking, you're freaking out, and you're experiencing anxiety over which direction I should go. I really want to know the best direction my life could take. That's great. What I want you to know is you do not want to know that more than God wants you to know it. That's mind-boggling to me. God wants you to land in the places where you become the best version of you and you impact the world in the most beautiful ways. Jesus came that you might have life and have it to the full. He wants it more than you want it for yourself. And Solomon's not even done, right? Not only does God know every potential and possible outcome and every path you could possibly take, and not only does God want you to know it, God wants you to know it so much that he promises to show it to you. I don't know what your Bible says. Mine says, verse number 6, at the end there, he will show you which path to take meaning the best direction for your life knowing that the best directions for your life isn't just a possibility for you it's a promise Ooh, that's crazy for me i need a second to process this when i encounter this particular truth uh, because I've spent so much of my life um, believing that God is like some kind of a celestial CIA agent. And uh, he has all of this top secret data about my life and about the best direction and the paths that I should take. And, 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 and I don't have clearance for it. Right? And so life is this mystery, like um, there are these paths and the, the right directions for me to take, but God has hidden them like under the sea in a cave with a thousand, you know, digit code. And I don't know it because only he knows it. But if I play my cards right, then maybe he will allow me to see the first code. And then after there's this 
belief that God is hiding and playing hide and go seek with the paths that he wants for me. And I love that Solomon just busts that myth. Oh no, God wants you to know the best directions for your life so much that he promises to show them to you. He is not hiding his will. He is not mysterious about his will for your life. He wants you to know more than you could possibly want to know it so much that he promises it to you. And I'm like, then why am I staying up at night freaking out? Great question. Wisdom. That's why I believe Solomon would say, listen, stop panicking. Stop taking shots in the dark. The only one who knows the best outcome not only wants you to know, but he promises to show it to you. So trust God. Who else are you going to trust for your direction? Oh, and um, also trust God fully. Trust God fully, right? He says, trust God with all your heart. Like, okay. This is starting to reveal what some of my problem is. Right? Because this raises a great question. Wait, if God wants me to know his direction for my life so much, and I want to know the direction for my life so much, why am I often so confused? And if God promises to show it to me, then why am I often taking shots in the dark? Contrary to popular opinion, the problem is not with God and his mystery. Ergo, me. And he goes on and he says, well, trust God. Are you doing that? And trust God fully. And this is where I'm like, "Mm, mm, mm." right? Because we want to make the best decisions for the direction of our life. And he says it starts with choosing to trust God and to do so fully. To do so with your whole heart. To do so with your whole life. In other words, it starts with you choosing to trust God with every area of your life. Oh no. See, because I trust God. And I need you to know that. As a pastor in this church, I trust the Lord. (laughs) And uh, by that I mean I trust the Lord for Lord matters. I trust God for spiritual things. I trust the Lord for the salvation of my soul. I trust the Lord for the forgiveness of my sins. I trust the Lord um, to help me to become a more loving person. I trust the Lord to help me to be more patient with the people in my home. I trust the Lord to make me a nicer human being. I trust God when it comes to the matters of the fruit department. But when we start to talk about real world practical stuff, I'm sorry, God, we got that. But I trust you for the spiritual spheres of my life. And Solomon is like, oh, oh, no, no. You've got to trust him with every area of your life. 
I've been wrestling with this. This week. Again. Whoo. Because I want to decide in which areas. I'm going to trust God. In which areas I'm going to lean on God. Um. And I tell God, I'll essentially, I'll let you know which areas I need you to be God in. Otherwise, stay out. Solomon says, no wisdom does not work that way. All your heart. Trust him with every chamber. Trust him with every area. You don't get to pick and choose. And then he just keeps digging on this point. He doesn't just say trust God. He doesn't just say trust God fully. He says, oh, and trust God foremost. I'm like, oh, man. Oh man, trust God foremost. Mm, mm, mm. Um, verse five, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And he says, oh, and do not depend on your own understanding Mm, 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 mm. trust God foremost this is difficult for me because uh, King Solly over here he knows that when we say we trust God we don't just mean we trust him in the spiritual realms uh, but (laughs) we mean we trust God When we are completely out of options. We trust God when we've tried everything else and it hasn't worked. And God, I got myself in a bit of a pickle and I need you to bail me out of this crisis. I trust you, Lord. We trust God when we get to a fork in the road and we are just besides ourselves clueless. I'm like, what about when I was walking towards them? No, no, not that. But when I'm at a fork in the road and when I'm at a T and when I'm at a crossroads, right? When I'm at an impasse and I have no idea what to do. In essence, I tell God I've got this. And I treat trusting God like it's a um, break God glass in case of an emergency. Otherwise, God, please stay out of my stuff. I've got this. And Solomon says, if you want to learn what wisdom looks like in making the right direction decisions for your life, you're going to have to learn to trust God for most not leaning on your own understanding. Which is the opposite of trusting God foremost. Leaning on your own resources. Leaning on your own know-how, right? Like God, I know how to balance my checkbook. I don't need to trust you with my finances. But when the gas prices start to go up and my nest egg starts to get messed with and I feel like I'm in a financial crisis, now I trust you with my finances. Otherwise, I'm leaning on my own understanding. I've got this. I know how to ask a girl out. I don't don't need to trust you in my relationships. Oh, our marriage is in crisis. Oh, we trust you, Lord. 
Solomon's like, don't do that. Trust him foremost. Not last of all. Stop leaning, he says, on your own understanding, your own know-how, which is how I so often live. I know where my next meal is coming from. I don't need to trust God to supply my stuff. I don't need to trust God for breakfast. I know exactly what my choices are in my home. So I'm going to lean on my resources in this. So do you trust God for your meals? No. I got that. I can lean on myself for that one. Do you trust God in your, your, your work world? No. Listen, I've spent a lot of time studying the patterns and the trajectories. I've got this down. So I don't need him. In an, I have my whole 5 to 50 year plan laid out. God, I don't need you in that department. And Solomon says, nope, no wisdom trusts God foremost. Fully and foremost. It doesn't just trust God when things go completely crazy. And yet, if you're honest, I've struggled with this. Like, God, there are areas of my life I actually don't want to trust you in. Because I don't know what you do with them. You've been known to mess up lives. And I've had to acknowledge, I don't trust God foremost. I don't even, again, I don't even think about God in 80% of my life. Because I'm not in pain. There's no problem. I'm not out of options. As long as I am competent. I don't need God. He says nope. That's not how wisdom works. Does not lean on what it knows. Again wisdom is not about Knowing, it's not about knowledge, it's not about understanding. Man, I was just thinking just a couple of days ago that um, if somebody asked me, I would probably say, yes, I think I'm wiser than my 16-year-old daughter. Is that true? Not necessarily, but I think that. And yet, (laughs) I'm not more biblically wise than my 16-year-old daughter because I've lived a few decades longer than she has. The only reason I'd think that is because I think wisdom is knowledge. I think wisdom is the accumulation of experiences. Maybe I have more experiences than her, yes. And maybe I know more things than she does, yes. But does not make me wiser when it comes to making decisions that will lead me towards being the fullest version of myself. I have no idea. Which path will lead me towards the fullest version God has? I really don't know any more than my 16-year-old daughter does. What I do know though, man, what I have learned over time, because I'm knowledgeable and I have experiences, is I know how to avoid pain better than she does. And I know how to accent pleasure better than she does, right? I know how to save money and I know how to secure my future. In essence, what I've learned with all of my knowledge is how to create a more comfortable scenario. And so what I've started to pass on to the next generation 
is you've got to make practical decisions and you've got to pick a major that is practical and it will get you paid. Because if you can get paid, then you can put money away. And what I'm preparing her for is not the best version of herself. I'm preparing her for the most comfortable retirement, just like Jesus. At the end of the day, I realize I'm not actually passing on wisdom. I'm passing on playing it safe and establishing your security and depend on your knowledge and your wisdom and the trajectory and the convenience and the conventionality and the comfort and all of those things that our world does. And I don't know how I got off on that. But the point is, wisdom in decision making is not about depending on what I know. Matter of fact, the truth of the matter is I bet you the youngest kids in... I keep getting up and down. The youngest kids in the Simpoque home are probably the wisest. Just say. Remember when you were a kid, before you knew all the things to be afraid of? Before you got overly practical? And you're just thinking about passions and dreams. And you were still closely in touch with who you were designed to be before we just knew too much and experienced too much and got hurt too many times and started making decisions based on our knowledge. And we tell everybody else, now there's somebody who's seasoned in life and therefore they're wise. Wisdom comes with age. Mm, No, not necessarily, not biblical wisdom. Solomon says, no, 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 trust God foremost, right? Don't lean on your own understanding. So when we start to say somebody with more understanding and more experiences, they're the wisest person, we are just perpetuating this whole idea of leaning on, depending on, trusting in our know-how, our understanding. And Solomon says, no, don't do that. Don't lean on your gut or your instinct or lean primarily on your intuition or your strategy. Because I'm telling y'all, sometimes the best decision, the best direction is not the smartest one. So, Conda, you thought it was smart to make the decisions that you guys made. Nope. Everyone should plant a church in an overchurched community. No. And I'm also so thankful that Jesus did not base it on, on knowledge and practicality. Because it's like, Jesus, I wouldn't go in that direction because there's pain there. Um, I'll take a more practical approach. Like, I feel like you could make a killing with this whole carpentry thing, Right? In fact, that's what one of his disciples says, don't go in that direction. It's not smart. I know it's not smart, but it's wise. That's the direction that's leading me towards the fullest version of everything that God called me to be. Um, I'm just asking you, is there an area of your life in which you have shut God out? You're like, I trust you in this and in that, but I really don't want you messing with this. So I don't trust you in this area of my life. I'm just asking, do you make decisions for direction based foremost on your accumulation of knowledge and experiences? Leaning on your own understanding. 
Is that where you start? And Solomon would say, if that's so, you are not making wise decisions. You may be making decisions which make you successful in the eyes of people, but is, is it really moving you towards the fullest version of you, which is not always going to be the most comfortable version of you? Anyway, and then he repeats this thought in a more positive way. He said, don't do that. Do this. Verse 6. He says, no, seek God's will in all you do, in every area of your life. And he will show you which path to take. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Um, man, I remember a number of years ago. I really decided that I really wanted a, a six-pack. And um, I, I'm not talking about the drinking kind. I'm talking about like the, you know, like the Stephen Holstead kind. Like, you know, like a real one. So um, <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, I decided like, no, this was going to happen for me. Uh, unfortunately, I was uh, significantly above a healthy weight for myself. And so uh, I started to do some research. I started to look into it to try and figure out like how many abs should I do and what kinds of abs should I do in order to, 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 to bring to the surface, you know, the, the inner Black Panther or whatever would, would get likes on Instagram, right? Um, so uh, I started looking into this and um, the research I did just yielded completely unhelpful results. Like I'm researching and I start to see absolutely ridiculous things like um, things about, you know, adjusting your diet. You know, I'm like, <laughs> I'm not trying to change my consumption of food. I'm just trying to get a six pack. Like, just please, let's get back to the point. I started seeing, you know, ridiculous stuff about, you know, doing weight training because then it, it builds muscle and then that muscle does. I'm like, I'm not trying to lift heavy objects. I'm just trying to get a six pack, you know, and then I'm doing more research. And then I saw the worst one was like, well, you should maybe consider um, high intensity interval training, which is just code for death by cardio. I'm like, I'm not trying to die. I'm just trying to get a six pack. And I'm just telling you in all of my research, all of it was just completely useless. And so I just want to say to you, like, if you have any better tips or some direction on some good research, please send it my way because there is nothing out there. Um, all right, you get the point. I exaggerated it a little bit too much. But that's, I think, exactly how we treat wisdom when it comes to making decisions and direction, right? No, 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 God. We're not interested in all of that. We just want to know what we should do about this. And God is saying, but I want to talk to you about your Netflix queue. No, 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 God. We just want to know if we should refinance. We just want to know about this one thing and none of the rest of it. And I, I love that Solomon is saying that is not the way wisdom works. You cannot pick and choose. Wisdom is not regional. And that's what we do. I don't know why God doesn't speak to us about 
the very specific thing we want to do. We just want to target to this region of our lives. And God is saying, no, 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 I'll talk to you about that. But it starts here with your forgiving of, no, 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 we don't want to know your will about that. We just want to know your will about our vacation calendar. That's how we often treat wisdom in direction. And then we'll say like, and we just are so confused and we're not quite sure exactly what to do. I only care to invite God into the areas I care about when I care about them. So I can get that thing that I think is the most meaningful to me. And he says, no, wisdom means I invite God into every area and every aspect of my life. And I want to know what do you think about this? And God, what do you think about this? And what do you want for this area of my life? And God, what do you want in this? And what do you want in that? He says, no, seek his will in everything. Every area. In fact, the NIV says submit to his will. Submit to him in everything. It's my way of saying, God, you pick the area. I want what you want for this area of my life. I want what you want for my finances. I want what you want for my health. I want what you want for my relationships. I want what you want for my purity. I want what you want for my diet. I want what you want for my entertainment. I want what you want for everything. He says, seek his will. Submit to his will in everything, right? We want to make the best decisions, but only the things we think matter. And God's like, stop playing. Don't act like you want to make the best decisions. You only want to make the decisions that suit you. That's not the same thing. God, I want to know your direction for my major, my major, the six pack. And God's like, great, honor your parents. I'm not talking about that. I just want to know if we can afford to get married right now in this economy. Great, but I want to talk about protecting the purity of your relationship. No, I'm not talking about purity. We're just talking about the wedding date. I just want to know how we're going to pay off our bills. Like we're staying up late at night and we're worrying about this. Yeah, I want to talk about your Netflix queue and your generosity. Mm-mm-mm. Not that. We've gone on vacation every year to the same place. God, we're not asking about that. We're just asking if we should just get a bigger place or keep the same place. Would you please give us some to write? That's how we treated many times with him. And God is saying through Solomon, if you really want to know my direction, you're going to want to know the best direction in every area of your life. You cannot just isolate a six pack. Solomon is saying, you want to move towards the fullest version of you with the fewest regrets. Well, you be the person who invites God into all the decisions, big and small, in peacetime and wartime, in crisis and when things are completely calm. And I'm just asking you, is that the way you live? My kids live like this with me 
and it drives me crazy. And I'm thankful that God is not like me. Um, even just yesterday, dad, hey, dad, hey, dad, uh, we want to go uh, play in the sandbox and we want to make some cookies or maybe some cakes. We're not sure. Maybe cookies. What do you think, dad? Should we make cookies? Uh, what kind of cookies do you think we should make? Round cookies? Chocolate chip cookies? Should we make square cookies? Should we make the cookies shaped like animals? What do you think, dad? What kind of cookies? Okay, come, come see, dad. We started. We haven't really done anything. We just moved a little bit of dirt. We haven't started. Come see our progress so far. Oh, come back. Come see a little more of our progress so far. And now we want to take our crayons and we want to color and we want to do chalk on the sidewalk. And do you think we should draw this and do we think I'm like stop it just call me when it's time to get married right (laughs) keep me out of all the little decisions and just wait for the big ones please and I'm like that's how I treat God that's exactly how I treat him matter of fact part of that is because I believe he's like me like what I'm supposed to talk to him about my cereal. And then I'm thinking cornflakes. Cornflakes, uh, raisin bran, I'm not quite sure. Granola, I'm not quite sure. And God's like, please just talk to me about the major crises and not the little deals. I love what Solomon is saying. No, invite him into every aspect of your life because he's the kind of God who cares about absolutely everything. We believe he doesn't care and we stopped inviting and including him in Everything He cares about what's in your refrigerator. He cares about what's in, in your closet. He cares about what you ate for breakfast. He cares about how many hairs you have on your head. And he's saying, talk to me about your hairstyles. Talk to me about your breakfast choices. Talk to me about driving through Winona Lake. You are under construction. Like, talk to me about everything. There is this glorious invitation Come on, bring it all to me. Invite me into everything and then submit it to me. God, what do you think about my diet choices? What do you think about the way I drive? What do you think about the way I treat people? Because I just want your will in everything. And God is like, I care when you move one little grain of dirt in your sandbox. Tell me and then call me back. I want to see every step of progress. I want to be involved in in it. God cares about every single aspect. And there's something beautiful that happens when we start to believe that and we start to submit every area of our life to him. Come on, be honest. How many areas of your life can you honestly say in the last week you've just not even thought to invite God into? You just don't even talk to him about it. Not at all. And Solomon is saying, no, 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 break open the walls of your life and invite him into everything as you drive home. Think about things that I've never talked to him about, my 93.3 country station. Like, can we talk about God? Like, you know, how do you feel about this? What do you think about this? There is this constant invitation that Solomon encourages us to have. Um... And the invitation is to invite him and submit all areas of our lives so that he can start to lead us in all the areas of our lives. Because that's what he says. And I will, I will show you which way to go. I will show you which path to take. Invite me in and submit to me and make space and I will show you which way to go. And I was wondering, like, show us how. Show us how. 
And man, the more I process this, it's so interesting. It seems like this is really ultimately about walking with the Holy Spirit. Wisdom in decision making for direction is really about walking with the Holy Spirit of God. I mean, when he says, I will guide, I will direct, how? How will you do that? If not through the guide that you left for us as your people, the Holy Spirit. How are you going to do it? I will guide you by my spirit. Woo! Man, this got me. See, because what I want is to learn the script of wisdom. I want to learn. No, no, no. I want to learn how to make the right decisions. And Solomon's saying, it's not a how, it's a who. He doesn't say, I would teach you how to do it. He says, I will do it. It's a person. Who leads us down paths to the places where we become the best versions of ourselves. I'm like, I thought it was a skill. If it was a skill, then it would just become a new knowledge that I lean on. But as it turns out, it is the spirit of God who leads his people as we submit every area of our life to him. And all of a sudden, we mysteriously start to sense the voice of the spirit as he leads us in directions towards fullness of life. I thought wisdom was a trick. This is powerful. And you remember what James said. That if anyone lacks and wants wisdom, they should do what? They should do what? Ask. Ask God and God will give. Which reminded me of another thing that Jesus said one time. This is Luke chapter 11 verse 9. Look at this up on the screen. So I say to you, Jesus says, ask and it will be given you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives. And the one who seeks finds. And to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Which of you fathers, like me, if your son asks for a fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who Ask him. I thought wisdom is a skill, but it turns out no. It is a movement of people who are submitting to the will of God. And God is leading through his spirit. That is why I can make a really wise decision in one situation. And face the exact same situation the next time and make a different decision. When I'm being led by the Spirit towards the places of fullness and the fewest of regrets. This is so powerful. I'm going to end by telling you something real quick. The first week of this series, I was up here and I was, I was talking about the Proverbs. And when I was done, I, I, I you know, went out there somewhere. And somebody from the congregation found me. Um, and... Um, 
they said to me, uh, okay, I've got to tell you something, and I know this is really weird, and this is strange, but while you're up there, uh, you were wearing white shoes, and I just felt like I had to tell you, and I don't understand what this means, that um, your, your, your feet are too clean, and you need to get messier. I'm like, oh, great. What is that supposed to mean? I don't know what that means. So I came in to preach in the second service and then we're praying with folks at the end. And I knew that one of the people I was, I was talking to just walks in the spirit, walks with the spirit. So I said, would you pray for me? Because I'm curious to know what the, the spirit wants me to know about something that was said to me earlier. They prayed and I wasn't quite sure. And then a couple of days later, somebody called me late at night and said, I have something that I need to tell you. And they shared with me what the spirit was saying and it all made sense. And, and bottom line is it felt as though the spirit was telling me in particular, Conda, you continue to insist on staying in the places where you feel most competent and you stay out of the messiest places. And I want you to go into messier places. And particularly, I want you to lay hands on people and pray for people. Because if I go into a situation like that, I'm like, I don't know what to do. And what if God doesn't do this? And I'm not sure. What do I do with my hands? And I'm not quite sure. So I stay in places where I feel very competent. Like talking right now, I feel pretty competent at this. And it's like, great, you've got to get into the mess your places and that's where I'm going to move powerfully and while this person is talking to me late at night they say oh and by the way you need to know that I sense the spirit wants you to tell your church family that he wants to do so much more in them than they can possibly imagine so this is me delivering the message that the spirit of God wants to fill us and lead us and we don't have to scramble and we don't have to live with all of the anxiety of what if and how do I make decisions. He wants us to surrender and submit every area of our lives and find him filling us. And what Jesus says is if you ask me, if you ask my father, he will fill you with more of his spirit. His spirit already lives in us. The question is not actually having more of the spirit. The question is whether the spirit has more of us, which happens as we submit every area of our life. I cannot tell you how excited I am for me. Even this week, I'm like, I'm just looking for excuses. Like, is that a messy place? I want to go there. And I really don't want to go there, but I know I'm supposed to go there. And if I was leaning on my own understanding, I avoid messy places. And I'm so thrilled for some of y'all who will say then there are areas of my life that I've not been submitting to God and I want to submit to those areas and trust him fully and foremost. And I want to ask for the spirit of God to, to start to be my guide, not my experiences and not, you know, leading primarily by my competencies and my knowledge, but by the spirit of the living God. And I'm so stoked for some of y'all who even today are going to start moving towards the fullest version of yourself. Not because you learned a new skill at church, but because you submitted to a person and started to be led by the Spirit. He wants to lead y'all. He wants to lead me. And I'm just a little bit tired of figuring it all out and trying to do it by myself. That's not wisdom. Wisdom is submitting to God and letting him lead us towards the places of fullness. Come on, read any passage of scripture. Read any psalm. Like I want to live a life green pastures. That's great. If you want to do that, the Lord is your shepherd and he leads towards green. He leads. We follow. He leads. 
I want to make the decisions that lead me towards the best things God has. Well, God has left his guide and his guide, he leads, he actually guides. He is God's positioning system to move his people to the places he wants them to be. I'm going to stop talking, but I'm going to say to you, listen, if you are in this room and you're saying, there's an area of my life I know I need to submit to the Lord today. I want to pray for you. If you're somebody in this room who says, I want more of the spirit in my life. I want more of his activity. I want more of him leading beyond my competencies and beyond my ability to figure it out. I want to pray for you. Jesus said to do it. And I want to pray standing on the word of Jesus that he will give us his spirit. The words of Solomon. He will direct our path. The question is, are you willing to submit And are you ready to ask for more of the spirit? I can't promise you things won't get messy. I can't promise you your white holy shoes will stay clean. I can't promise any of that. But what I can assure you is it will move us towards the places we were intended and designed for. So, if that's you. Man, I'm going to do something really awkward. An area of your life you need to submit. I don't need to know what it is. And you want a little bit more of the Holy Spirit. I want to have you stand. Like in this room. right? I'm not going to say like close your eyes. and I'm just saying like just stand. Right? And if you want to think about it. You can think about it. But if you feel that. I just want to pray for y'all right now. So Father. For those who are standing. I pray. That even as they maybe submit an area of life into your hands. An area of life for you to take a hold of. That they will be filled with a fresh sense of peace. Because Lord the devil is a liar. Who wants to convince us that if we submit areas of life to you. You would take them and you will make us miserable. And you will do worse things in our life. When you want to bring joy. And you want to bring hope. And you want to lead us towards green pastures in fullness. So I pray that if the areas that are being submitted. That you would fill us even now with a sense of joy. Anticipation that you want to do great things. And Lord, I pray for anyone who is saying they want more of your spirit. Lord, this is your promise. And so we ask you to fill your people even now. Lord, that you would cause your spirit to be more felt, to be more present, to be more real. His voice to be dialed up and to be louder. That they would find themselves maybe moving in directions or doing things that are a little bit odd and unconventional for them. But Lord, we pray that your spirit would move in our lives. That we would live with wisdom as we live walking by your spirit. Lord, I trust in faith that you will say yes to all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.